Hello everyone, Trash Erasers. We're here to lead you through the wilderness of art making. This is a podcast hosted by two pencil-wielding goons, uh, myself and me. I'm Goddle. I'm a monster enthusiast, illustrator, and I think I would make a really good vampire slayer. I think you are one already. <laughs> I'm gonna stay up at like all hours of the night, but today I was so I'm doing like some small scale gardening, right? And you know, I got I got some tomatoes. And to grow tomatoes, you got to put stakes in the ground. Oh. So I just had metal stakes and I was hammering them into the earth. Not beef stakes? N- no. <laughs> <laughs> like the shit you put through like vampire okay. lords' hearts. You're not just burying beef? No, no, no. no. Okay, no got beef. it. <laughs> no tomatoes with a side of beef. None of that. None of that. Yeah, would you would you like to say a little something about yourself? Yes, I'm Garrett. I'm a comic artist, illustrator, bicon, bisexual icon, and I'm infected. Really? No. Not with COVID-19, I hope. Well, you know, yes. But also, yes. no. I mean, I haven't <laughs> been tested, but I am taking precautions as if I have it. Good. Yeah, just because I think it's something we all should do. But I, yeah, as I said, I've had no no symptoms. But it's a fun thing to say in this climate because everyone just leaves you alone. <laughs> exactly. Like if you just want personal space, just like cough a little bit. Yeah, just like clean, like yell that you're infected. Just like instead of fire, just like I'm infected. <laughs> <laughs> But actually, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that would it. That would be really bad. There would be a lot of panic. Good. We just need to stay yeah. calm. We really do. We need to chill. We need to self isolate. We need to practice social distancing and just have a pint and wait for the whole thing to blow over. Amen, Briv. So I think that brings us to our topic, which is in a world that pressures us to produce twenty four seven. Taking a break feels wrong. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So in this episode, we're gonna talk about how self care and self love are mandatory they're not just a reward that you kind of tack on after you finish your work like no 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 no. this should come before during and after your work because this is definitely a thing with me although i will say i've gotten better at taking lunch breaks but oh my god you weren't taking lunch breaks well just not I don't know. Like, I would just be like, that's my reward, you know? Oh, God. No, that's a basic human need. (laughs) I know. So I've just been trying to, like, work through that. As I said, I've gotten better about that. But I think this is a good time to be talking about breaks in general. Because I think a lot of us are finding ourselves with some unused time. With the COVID-19 outbreak, like, slash pandemic, I'm finding myself wanting to work on stuff, like my own stuff, because I have so much time on my hands. But it's important now and during this time more than ever to remember to take breaks while I'm doing it. Oh, definitely. It's it's so wild to me that like you consider it a lunch break a luxury. Like that's just a basic human necessity. And I think it was last episode or the one before that where I kind of talked about the unscheduled, right? The concept that we should 
make space for our humanity first yes. and pencil in basic needs like eating and bathroom breaks or you know whatever yeah that's i like the unschedule a lot i will say i haven't followed it <laughs> i i feel you it's tough i do i like the idea it's just I think what I was talking with you about earlier, how I feel like everyone around me is constantly wanting to take a break. While sometimes, you know, maybe I will like work too hard or overdo it. It's like, I want to get as much done in the little time that I have as possible. And now that I've been rewarded all of this time, it's like, all I want to do and I'm excited about it so how do we find the balance between being excited about our work but also not depriving ourselves of the care that we need it's a fine line to, to walk right I think a lot of people think taking time off means that you're being lazy or you're not doing anything or you're not doing anything quote-unquote productive but I think that's wrong right I think that's a wrong way to look at leisure time I think we should look as at leisure as a way for self-improvement and health Yes, that's true. And relaxation, which relaxation can come in many forms, right? So for me, I like to relax by drawing or painting or writing or gardening. Yeah. So to me, it's not it's not like I'm laying around. I'm actually doing stuff that's rejuvenating me. And yeah. sometimes you just have to lay around. It really depends on how drained you are and where you're at, kind of in your Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as we talked about earlier as well. Yeah, I would say that it's key to do something that relaxes you. For me, there are certain activities that genuinely do relax me and that occupy my mind or sometimes, you know, let my mind relax. There are certain activities where I will just, didn't, like watching movies, for example, it's not something really that relaxes me very much. <laughs> me neither. Yeah, so I and just like my mind is going about other stuff that I have to do or that I want to do. But I also think that honoring what you actually like and what you actually enjoy and whether drawing is a way that you relax or not, you know, maybe that's not your line of work. Maybe you draw to relax. That can be self-care too. If your day-to-day -day is dealing with your family and they occupy all your, your space and your thoughts and drawing is your escape, which it once was for me, then let that be your self-care. But also during your self-care, don't forget to feed yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to feed yourself. Don't forget to bathe. Don't forget to like make space for your humanity, right? Because I think in this climate, we're kind of expected to be superhuman. We're constantly plugged into our work. We're constantly plugged into our emails, our businesses, our online life. We're constantly being pressured to do stuff. And I think it's really important to just remember like, to embrace your humanity and not be ashamed of your humanity, not be ashamed of the fact I have to use the bathroom or I have to eat or I have to exercise. Those are things that just come with being human. You can't sacrifice them. You have to honor them. So at my other job, it's funny, my service job, they enforce breaks so intensely that they really get in trouble in the service industry here in Oregon. If you don't take a break every six hours. And so if you 
go over that six hour point, you get a break violation, you get in trouble because the establishment gets in trouble. It is really intense, these like forced breaks. And it's always something that we have in our mind while working there. But it's always something good that we know we can look forward to if things are getting out of hand or if someone gets overwhelmed. It's something that we just offer each other just being like, hey, I can see you're really overwhelmed. Do you want to just go on your break now? Because I got this. So in in a job situation, it's helpful. And whatever culture you have going on in your job, you need to be mindful about the culture that you're bringing home with you as well. And if it's a good one to keep it, and if it's a bad one to like throw it out, retrain yourself. And while you're at work, retrain yourself with the type of schedule or the type of break that you want and enforce that at your job because whether or not it's part of the culture, it is your right as an employee. So do it. Right, do it. And sometimes you have to be the change agent. Other people aren't going to change. And it's really unfortunate that when people are stuck in these like super toxic work environments or work cultures that they resent you for, you know, taking breaks or getting a full eight hours of sleep or like taking basic care of yourself. I would argue that if you're in a position where you can get another job or at least have the potential to get another job, you don't have to stay in that work environment. You don't have to be complacent with that. If it's affecting your health, your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, whatever the case may be, then you have every right to leave and you have every right to complain. (laughs) Yeah, or rebel, as you said. Yeah, like be the change agent too, because likely... Other people feel the same way that you do. Yeah, they just can't voice it. Exactly. So if you're the one that voices it, you're the hero, they'll follow your lead, and the culture will change. If you look at human history, industry has never been kind, right? It's never given you breaks. It's never looked out for the individual. It's always been the individual looking out for themselves and looking out for other people and their fellow colleagues that have created changes, created unions, created mandatory breaks, you know, stop child labor for fuck's sake. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's kind of almost, unfortunately, the onus falls on the employee to change the work culture. Yeah, very true. Yeah, another thing. So not to feel guilty for being a human, not to feel guilty for needing breaks, not to feel guilty for wanting to go home and get eight hours of sleep, not feeling guilty about taking care of yourself. And I think what people don't realize is that we can't be productive if we're burnt out. So sometimes it makes more sense to take away, quote unquote, from your productivity, quote unquote, and take that 30 minute lunch break instead of working through your 30 minute lunch break and then just feeling burnt out and not able to focus on the rest of the day because you didn't take that break. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily about how many hours you work. It's about how much you have gotten done in those hours. Yeah, very true. There is research behind the fact that if you do take breaks, it does increase your productivity, no matter how like contradictory that sounds. But basically, I know of a guy who taught himself to draw very passionately. He worked and dedicated an hour every day to drawing something new. His skills increased like tremendously. He learned so much. 
However, you know, he would take a break if he ever found himself creatively duped because sometimes his hour would just bleed into more time because he'd be enjoying it. But he would find that when he went and did the dishes for 15 minutes or when he went to fold his laundry, he came back like so much more rejuvenated and willing to spend more time on it. It's these kinds of like menial mindless tasks that like physical ones that he attributed to being really important for his productivity. And another thing that he does that I thought was really helpful, I can't actually remember his name, but he switches up what project he works on every day because since he started teaching himself drawing, he's now gone on to be a professional working artist. He owns his own studio. Like wow. it's pretty crazy. So it's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So what he does at his studio is everyone if they have multiple projects going on the ideal i think they take on is three and every day for like the five day work period they just work one day on one project and just drill that into the ground until the end of the day and then the next day start on the other one and just like keep that kind of momentum going so it keeps things fresh every single day for each project that you're working on so that's something kind of cool and interesting too yeah and i can attest to that i find that having multiple projects going on at the same time helps my productivity because if i feel burnt out on one project i can switch to another when i get sick of that one i can go back to the original one and just kind of hop around because i feel like the human brain can only focus on one thing for so long yeah keep it fresh yeah keep it fresh we were meant to be stimulated and we were meant to like change things up get new environments get new experiences i don't think we're made to stare at the same thing for 10 hours a day every day no that's why literally we have the term watching paint dry because like yeah shit gets boring <laughs> it sure does but yeah it's 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 wild i i really think that variety is not only the spice of life but just the spice of art too right changing things up and sometimes delving into other mediums that you normally wouldn't so still keeping that creative momentum going but kind of switching it up so for example to use a personal example i found myself being kind of burnt out on painting so what I did instead was I took up a little bit of woodworking, a little bit of sculpting, a little bit of wood burning. And I found that I had a really fun time doing all that stuff. And it was really interesting to use my brain in new ways and my hands in new ways. But absence makes the heart grow fonder. So after I did that for a while, I was like, man, I really miss painting. <laughs> you know, I really miss doing da da da. So it made me want to return to the original thing with more vigor. Whereas if I had not taken that break, and if I had just tried to force myself through that slump, I think I would have still been burnt out. Totally. It's the same with me. Like, I think I said last time that I like video editing and other things help me to like get away from whatever task it may be at hand. And that totally helps my productivity to just like step away and do something else. Right. And I think sometimes I reflect on the term productivity and I almost find it problematic because it almost sounds like we're a machine. That's true. It almost sounds like, oh, we can be squeezed of like a certain number of, of tasks or creations. And then if we don't meet that quota, then we're useless to the industry at large or useless to society at large. And I really don't like the term productivity. It is true that the human brain in like in line with what you're saying the human brain can actually only do or handle so many things in a day effectively so if you are 
overloading yourself like there there can be more than one ways that this presents itself because there are also different ways to take breaks that I've learned about so for example as I was talking about earlier about physical breaks if your break is going on your phone and your work is mental work like you're drawing or something like that or you are doing managing or anything that requires brain work being on your phone is not an effective break because you are continuing to stimulate your brain your eyes you're continuing to look at a screen you're continuing basically the same activity that you were doing before of course it's for like fun things instead but your brain is still taking in the information the same way i've heard of what they call restorative breaks and restorative breaks means as i said doing the dishes going out for a walk maybe not really reading even so doing something physical taking a nap doing something physical that restores you that is a different type of quote unquote work. I mean, it doesn't have to be work. Taking a walk isn't work, but taking those types of breaks allow you to come back way stronger. And it takes that stress off of your brain of the input versus the output. Like it's not you taking things and information in all of the time, because we can only take in so much of that, that we overwhelm the system. And it gives us anxiety because our brain cannot differentiate at the end of the day, what was the important information and what wasn't. Yeah, no, it's wild. Like it's so important, not only for your physical health, but also your mental health as well. For example, if you work digitally, all day or maybe you paint all day or you do whatever visually all day it's important to step away from your workplace stretch by the way (laughs) take a good stretch take a good stretch do some like posture exercises do some eye exercises too which i think is something that's overlooked but when you're staring at a canvas or a screen all day your eyes have muscles and those muscles strain after a while keeping your eyes in the same place all day long for hours and hours on end. So, you know, I've heard of some exercises where it's like, look up for three seconds, look to the side, look to the other side, look to the bottom, kind of like roll your eyes around and just shake out those muscles a little bit because uh, otherwise you'll get fatigued. Yeah. Respect your body. Yes, totally. I was going to say too that there is a technique basically in therapy where they have you talk about something that was traumatic to you. And they will have you talk about that as they move their finger back and forth so that your eyes are going from one side to the other. And this motion is something that is so soothing to people collectively that it has proven to almost completely wipe out PTSD sometimes on the first try. They use it in the army and... Essentially what you do is, as I said, you talk about the moment and your eyes are moving like back and forth. And, you know, sometimes they'll do this like five times, 10 times. Sometimes it takes a little bit more time. But the fact is that as human beings, you know, being animal, when we're out in the wilderness or the environment, it's so healthy for our eyes to just be constantly looking around, constantly stimulated that when they're in the same spot all the time, it can be pretty bad for you and pretty bad for your brain. So whether you're doing eye exercises or you're actually like getting up and getting outside, they're super 
helpful things that help you to just like ration whatever's happening during your day. So the the therapy you're talking about is called EMDR for sure. Yes, and yes. And it stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's fascinating. It's supposed to move the traumatic memory from one part of your brain to another, supposedly something like that. Shit. Wait, have have you done this before too? I'm going to do it. That's awesome. Did a little bit of yeah, research into it. And this can be any memory. Any memory that is traumatic or embarrassing or something that is very emotionally charged and moves it to a different part the memory i don't know something don't quote me on that <laughs> fact check no that's actually like probably true because i i watched something about dreams recently and rapid eye movement while you're sleeping actually helps you to heal from certain things as well so if something that was bad or something during your day there's a lot about dreams that we know to be like psychologically beneficial and it's basically your body just like scrapping what wasn't important but the one thing that's interesting about when we do dream is the logical part of your brain completely shuts down Mm. which is why your dreams are so freaking crazy i can attest to that so ambien oh my god and i took it like once and i couldn't fall asleep right away and i guess the logical part of my brain just shut down while the dream part of my brain was awake because i was hallucinating i mean i was having a great time i was like seeing shit i felt amazing i felt so warm and fuzzy like i was having conversations (laughs) painting in my room please share what you saw like please talk about the men oh yeah so uh well first of all my fan i thought it was a great big jellyfish (laughs) so there was that And then I had some stuff in my windowsill, like some books. And for some reason, my brain was like, yeah, that's a little man on the windowsill. And I actually wrote down everything I was seeing. And I remember in my notes, I was like, man, the small one, you know, he's small and he's weird. Like, I don't like that one. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, was he more scary than the bigger one? Yeah, he was scarier than the bigger one. I think I wrote that down. You did. I remember that. I remember you were like, there's my big chest of drawers and he's very large, but (laughs) the smaller one is actually much more suspicious. (laughs) And then, um, so I have a giant print of um, Judith with the head of Holofernes by Gustav Klimt. And it's basically all you need to know is it's a lady holding up a severed head. And the way that it was framed, I guess in my dream mind, I was like, yep, that's a woman trapped in a box. <laughs> and so I like went up to her and I was talking to her and I was like, I'm going to bust you out of there. Don't you worry. I'm so sorry <laughs> you're trapped in there. That's the last thing I remember. And then I passed out in my bed. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's exhibit A of how just the logic part of your brain shuts down while you're sleeping. So, I mean, yeah, things that are stored in that emotional part of your brain probably need some type of like exorcism sometimes, you know, because there's just some weird shit that goes down in there. And like we get feelings and have emotions and those things just like stay stored in us and no bueno sometimes. Yeah. And especially stuff stemming from childhood, right? So when we experience like distressing things in childhood, like they kind of shape who we are as a person. Yeah. In the sense of like our thinking patterns, right? Yeah. And 
think it like for example if you experience a lot of trauma or stress in childhood like it will change your physiology frick Mm -hmm. so like for example people who suffer trauma are like more susceptible to like physical problems diseases autoimmune disorders etc it's wild how much our experiences and the thoughts that we have about ourselves and the things that we believe about ourselves and believe about work and believe about everything affect our physical health yeah yeah absolutely and yeah how something so weirdly simple as moving our eyes can seriously be like so healthy for us in terms of like scrapping things that aren't important it brings you so much clarity i mean like yeah when i hear about people going on walks or whatever to take a break they like come back with like the next fucking like great idea like jk rowling or something on a train thinking about wizards you know i'm sure her eyes were just looking at the shit that she was passing by and her brain was like ignited with ideas so no that's really cool i did emdr at the end of a 10 session long therapy and it was like a pretty big issue that i came in with And first time we ever did it was on the last day because I, my health insurance, great. I Mm. had 10 therapy sessions and I was just expected to fully heal. Just be fixed. Yeah, from from childhood trauma. So easy. (laughs) So yeah, so on the the 10th day, he rose again and... (laughs) fucking like that's when we did our emdr and i like came out of therapy that day just like i'm cured that like wow i feel like that doesn't bother me anymore i can talk about it without it feeling like i'm just getting like stabbed in the gut i'm not afraid to talk about it it was like transformative so it really is like do not underestimate how doing things physically can help you mentally. Definitely. I mean, I know for me, at least when I go on walks, I I get so many amazing ideas. Yes. Like that's where most of my ideas come from when I'm doing something physical. And in the shower or taking a in shit. In the shower. Yeah, exactly. On the porcelain <laughs> throne. Yeah. Um, just when my mind is idle and is allowed to roam around and my body is doing something and I'm looking around and I'm intaking like physical information like that is when my great ideas pop up. Yes. Totally. I think there yes, you cannot be cannot be overestimated how much how much that can help. So, all right. For now, Gato, is there anything you want to add? So we are going to do this as two-part series. So I just wanted to kind of throw it out there, right? Just really kind of going back to like EMDR, like cognitive processes, that sort of thing. I think you really need to examine your relationship with work. Totally. Where your workaholism kind of stems from, where your beliefs about work stem from, where your beliefs about yourself stem from. Because I think when you don't value yourself or you feel like about yourself when you're not feeling so great about yourself, I feel like a lot of people just throw themselves into work and they neglect themselves because they feel that if they accomplish something in their work that, hey, maybe my other issues will be resolved. So just something to think about. We'll go 
into it more in the next episode. But yeah, I don't know, Garrett, do you have a closing thing? Nothing for right now, but I do know we'll have more to talk about in the next episode. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for part one. Yeah. See you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye.